1: This podcast forum is brought to you to share expertise and insights within our integrated delivery system to help us improve the health of the people we serve and achieve world-class accessible care. This is Expert Insights.
0: Here's your host, Melanie Cole. Welcome to Expert Insights with the Carl Foundation Hospital. I'm Melanie Cole, and today we're giving a COVID update. Omicron variant of concern. Joining me is Dr. Robert Healy. He's the Chief Medical Quality Officer at Carl Foundation Hospital. Dr. Healy, it is always a pleasure. What a great guest you are. So let's talk about this strain, Omicron. It's a variant of concern now. It's the first new one since Delta. Tell us a little bit about what we know now.
1: Yeah, well, thank you very much uh, for that introduction. And every time I talk to you, it's an update, and, and it seems like it's not the best news One of these times I'm going to get on and tell you how this all, you know, look back on the pandemic. I I I would like that.
0: Let's look forward to that for sure. (laughs) That's right.
1: But for now, we're dealing with Omicron. It really came on quickly. It was uh, first identified really right around the end of November. So the end, sort of around Thanksgiving, is when it hit the press that there was this new variant of concern. And the WHO moved it right to a variant of concern right away, so we knew that was past variant of interest, (laughs) so we knew that there was something up, and then reports came in quickly about all the different mutations this variant had and the concern that it was going to be very contagious, the unknown at the time of whether it would take over from Delta, if it would be more infectious, if it would be more, you know, cause more serious illness, all kinds of things were unknown. But we did quickly learned that it it took over from Delta quickly. So we have here in Urbana with the University of Illinois, we have uh, access to some faster sequencing that's available that the U of I does on their samples. And so right away, within two weeks, we saw that it it had become the predominant, like over 95% of the new positive cases in Urbana. And then we saw that it quickly then caught up, the, the data from IDPH and CDC quickly caught up and showed us that this is as infectious or more so than we thought. And uh, now we're dealing with pretty much strictly Omicron.
0: So let's talk about the vaccines because there's a lot of talk about whether or not Omicron is resistant to the current vaccines, including the booster. Tell us about that and how much does what we're seeing, Pfizer, J&J, Moderna, how much are they helping with Omicron?
1: So what we found is, you know, the initial concern was that it would escape all protection from the vaccine, but that turned out not to be true. But what did turn out to be true is that just your basic series of vaccine, so two of Moderna or Pfizer, one of J&J, which we haven't given out a lot of, so we, we have most of the data on the Moderna and Pfizer locally. But anyway, it turned out that the vaccines were protective, but not as great as we hoped they would be. Like before they were 90% effective, they were more like in the 70% range. And we didn't know what that would mean for people getting sick, breakthrough infections, hospitalizations, et cetera.
0: What about severity? Because we're hearing people talk about that it's less severe, more sniffles, more headache, that sort of thing. Does it have different symptoms? Are we seeing pretty much the same? Tell us a little bit about the severity of it.
1: What we found is it's probably about I'm not sure this is the right way to put it, but probably about half as severe as Delta and the other original COVID-19 virus. So what happens is we see about probably 5% of people who get infected are winding up in the hospital. And that was about 10% with Delta. The unfortunate thing is that a lot more people are getting Omicron. So our our hospitals quickly became overwhelmed We really had record cases over the last couple of weeks of people in the hospital. We started to see a downtrend there, and we're hoping that's going to sustain. I can talk later on about why that might not happen. So it doesn't seem to make you as sick as Delta, but it's still not a fun virus to have. You're still sick. More More sore throat and upper respiratory infection type symptoms with Omicron than with Delta, it seems like. So more of a, you know, you got that scratchy throat, and then in a day or two, you just got the sore throat, stuffed up nose, then you start coughing. That seems to be what we're seeing a lot of. What we're not seeing as much of is the loss of taste or smell. So just a little difference there in the different variants that are affecting us. So we see it about probably half as bad as that is of winding you up in the hospital. Some positive things we're seeing, however, is that the booster really seems to be protective against having someone wind up in the hospital, and especially having someone wind up in the ICU or die from this new variant.
0: This is great information. And Dr. Healy, obviously, with the original COVID, it was affecting our elderly in such large numbers. But now it seems... We're seeing it across the age range. Is that what you've been seeing as well, so that now it's even affecting our kiddos?
1: That is what we're seeing, and kiddos, especially the ones under five who can't get vaccinated. You know, when Delta was out, we talked about how that was going to be a pandemic of the unvaccinated. I think Omicron is even more so that way. We're seeing kind of three different people that come into our clinics or the emergency department, and that is people who have gotten a booster, so they've gotten their first two mRNA vaccines and then a booster dose. Sometimes we're not even seeing them in the ED. They, they come into the office or they call us and they're, and they just, like I said, have that regular cold that we're all used to. And they spend, you know, five to seven days on the couch and they feel miserable, but they get better. People who have just had the vaccine, the first two doses, so what was considered fully vaccinated at this point by CDC, they're getting sicker and they're sometimes having to be admitted. But luckily, they're not getting really sick in the hospital. They start to they seem to turn pretty quickly to just needing oxygen and then getting off oxygen and being able to go home. But the people that are unvaccinated are really getting kind of wallowed by this. They're they're coming in the emergency department at a greater rate. They're being admitted and having longer length of stays. And then they're, they're the ones that are winding up with the ICU stays and even dying from this new variant of COVID-19.
0: I've heard it called more of the virus of the unvaccinated, so that's interesting that you say that. Now, as guidelines are updated and changed, it can be a little bit confusing. People have been going back to work in person, Do you have any tips to share on keeping safe if you do have to work in an office? Should we be upgrading our masks? We're hearing now we should be using either N95s or KN95s. Tell us a little bit about the change in quarantine recommendations. Going back to work, tips for keeping us safe.
1: Yeah, it's been very confusing, hasn't it? And I think about the quarantine issue, you know, I don't know how the CDC thinks or what their experts think, but it seems like what they saw, and we saw this as well, is that Omicron seems to hit you harder, faster, meaning a couple of days after exposure, you can really have symptoms, whereas with the other variants, it seemed like it would be five or seven days. And then what some studies showed is that it left us quicker as well. So a high peak of virus like a day before, and then when we're symptomatic, then it went away pretty quickly. Ideally, we'd be able to test at day five, do an antigen test at home and see if we didn't have that positivity anymore and we could feel safe of going back out into our communities, masking still for at least five days and always when you're indoors with other people. But unfortunately, as you know, uh, we don't have enough testing. Hopefully that'll be fixed in the future. We'll see if that happens. But the five days was based on some science that the virus went away quicker. What we're worried about is if people go back to work earlier or don't feel as sick and want to work when they're sick, then they really could spread it to a lot of other people. So I think going along with that, the mask recommendations have been changed there, where the cloth masks don't seem to really work anymore, if they ever did. I think they help with large particles, but not necessarily with the the real fine particles that this virus can travel in. So really wearing a procedure mask or a surgical mask is a great idea. Even wearing something like a KN95 or 94. Those are, well, we don't use those in the hospital because they're not fit tested, they're not the N95s that we're used to in the hospital. But in the community, they're a great idea. You You can get those through online retailers and at stores. They seem to offer better protection.
0: Dr. Healy, you mentioned getting tested. In some parts of the country, it's pretty hard to get tested. And now we're hearing about, you know, the home kits. Now, I got four of them at our local Walgreens. And so I have them here. What do you think about these home test kits? And now we hear we might even get sent some in the mail. I mean, some people are even questioning why bother just if you get sick, stay home. But that's for reporting purposes, right? So tell us a little bit about the testing situation right now.
1: Yeah, another really confusing thing. So so the home tests are antigen-based tests, and those seem to better tell us whether we're able to infect others or not. Because the gold standard, the PCR test, the one that is run in hospital labs and sendaway labs, really is sensitive and it picks up any little bit of the COVID-19 virus is in our system. So even if we're not shedding the virus or not able to infect someone else, that test could still be positive. Whereas the antigen test, if that's positive, it means you're able to infect someone. And for the most part, if it's negative, it means you're not able to infect someone. And the reason I put in that for the most part is because no test is perfect, and there's some suggestions that maybe we shouldn't be doing nasal swabs with these tests, which is what they're designed for, but maybe we should be doing throat swabs with these tests. And just to clarify, I'm not suggesting that people do throat swabs, or a lot of people I've seen in social media and others I've heard are saying, test your nose and then test saliva on the same test. Probably not a good idea because that could nullify the effects of the test or the way the antigen would spread to that line that says you're positive if it's present. Some have recommended, you know, there's two tests in one kit, so maybe do one on your nose and one from saliva. That might be a better way to do things, but these are all unknowns. In general, the, the tests do work well. They do pick up the Omicron variant. There's probably just a lot more, but it's still a low amount of people who won't test positive even, if, even though they do have the infection.
0: You're such a knowledgeable expert, Dr. Healy, and such a great educator as well. As we wrap up, do you have any thoughts on what we can expect after this surge? I know we're in, you know, twindemic season. There's RSV, there's flu, there's COVID, there's colds. I mean, uh, there's all kinds of things floating around here. Do you have any idea what you think will happen? And please offer your best advice about Omicron for other providers and, and the general listeners.
1: I think the thing to know about Omicron is it's much more contagious. I think if anyone has upper respiratory infection type symptoms right now, it is Omicron or COVID-19 causing it. You're right that there's other things. And in the proper age groups, clinicians should always think about RSV. And influenza is always in the background at a low level, and we're worried that might rear its ugly head, unlike last year when it was so quiet. So for the clinicians, I'd say, you know, keep a broad, you know, open mind, but pretty much if someone's sick with upper respiratory infection symptoms, they've got COVID and they should isolate for five days and, and or quarantine for five days until they're feeling better and don't have a fever anymore, and then they could just be out in the community if they're better and mask for those next five days all the time. And if you yourself uh, are sick, I'd say if there's a testing system available for you, go ahead and do it. So if you've got some kits that you were able to score from Walgreens or Costco or wherever they've been at before, I would test myself and see if I was positive. If I was sick, I wouldn't come to work because I don't want to infect others. And if I had a positive test, I would kind of ride it out at home for the five days until I'm feeling better and then go back out in the community. And anytime if I had, you know, problems to begin with, someone with heart disease or diabetes, it's not well controlled, or, or an immune compromising condition, I would definitely want my my provider to know that I was positive. But otherwise, quarantine, isolate, stay away from others, and and we should see this Omicron peaking, hopefully now, and going down over the next number of weeks. I think we're always concerned because every person that has the virus does create mutations and almost all of those mutations aren't beneficial for the virus, luckily, but sometimes they are and that's how we get things like Delta and then Omicron. And I know the next couple of letters in the Greek alphabet are pi and rho. I hope we never have to deal with those.
0: Well, I certainly agree with you there. And, you know, listeners, if you haven't gotten your vaccines and your boosters, go ahead and do that. And as Dr. Healy said mask up when you're out and about in the community especially if you're indoors that way we can protect each other and ourselves and for more information or to get connected with one of our providers, you can always visit carl.org. Or for a listing of CARL providers and to view CARL-sponsored educational activities, please visit our website at carlconnect.com. That concludes this episode of Expert Insights with the CARL Foundation Hospital. I'd like to thank Dr. Robert Healy. What a great guest. I'm Melanie Cole. Thanks so much for listening.